They're pod people. They're pod people. Hello and welcome to the Gemcast on Hologram Radio. This is Alex Knight and I am joined by Aline Sims once again, founder of the Less Than or Equal podcast and science fiction writer Kay Tempest Bradford. In season two, episode six, The Fan, a wealthy young man, Prescott Wentworth, who is completely obsessed with Jem, offers a reward to anyone who can tell him her real name. The misfits convince him to build an exact replica of Starlight Mansion and hire actors to pose as the holograms. Stay tuned for an action-packed episode. Episode 32 is written by returning gem writer Beth Bornstein, who also wrote Hot Time in Hawaii. Mm. All right, then. I Mm -hmm. guess that's something. Mm. I think that explains (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, you think so? I don't don't remember what what the consensus was on that episode. Oh, wait, have we done Hot Time in Hawaii yet? Because I know... I don't think we've done it yet. I'm it, that's that's sure not that... the shark volcano. That's what that's what I thought that no. episode was. Okay. Or maybe it is, but I just no. You're right. It was because they sing that song. We're misfits in Hawaii, and that song right. and that is Hot Time in Hawaii. Yes. Uh huh. Oh God, volcanoes and sharks. Okay, <laughs> now it's coming back to me <laughs> in a crushing wave of oh, disappointment. <laughs> I was going to say nostalgia, but... Well, that, you know. yeah. It's something, all right. There's nothing that hurts more than a crushing wave of nostalgia combined with disappointment. <laughs> crushing disappointment. We open with the Misfits relaxing and listening to their own music, which seems odd. And we hear there's Making Mischief playing in the background. No, I think I think that's right. I think that's right in Pizzazz's character. Yeah. It's like, very narcissistic. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's very her. Pizzazz finds an ad in the newspaper by Prescott Wentworth, an independently wealthy man who's obsessed with Jim. His offer is a substantial sum of money to anyone who can reveal her true identity. Pizzazz believes Prescott is the key to destroying Jem's career, so they decide to meet with him. At at Prescott Wentworth's mansion, the misfits are invited in. Prescott greets the band and assumes that they've come to divulge Jem's secret identity. When Pizzazz tells him that they don't know it yet, Prescott has a temper tantrum and destroys a priceless vase. I wrote down priceless because he's clearly very Obviously. wealthy and he would he never has, buy anything cheap he, right he has this he's sort of your classic you know white dude who has too much money more money than sense i mean not only because he throws a i mean he throws a temper tantrum like he's eight years old he's a grown man mm. temper tantrum eight years old well do we know he's a grown man like he could be 16 you never know what the way they animate people in the show this has been a problem before yeah, like, but he seems to be more of a, like, man baby as opposed to an actual baby, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's, you know, like any Adam Sandler character except for with money. Agreed. Yeah. 
The misfits tell Prescott they have a plan to uncover Jem's identity. Their proposal: if Prescott fronts the money for the entire operation, they'll do the detective work. Prescott accepts on the condition that Jem doesn't get hurt. He rather die than do anything to upset Jem. Oh my God, this dude. Creepy stalker dude. He's yes. worse than um, what's his butt, the performance artist, sculpture man. I agree. He's worse than that guy. I agree. But, and oh. the one thing I think that's that sets him over the edge is the moment that the misfits get invited into the mansion. We get to see a very disturbing visual array of gem pictures wall yeah. covered wall to wall no. as if you know, sort of like the stereotypical thing you would see on some kind of police drama where like they discover who the serial killer is. Like they find out where he (laughs) lived and the walls are plastered with, with photos. It's just really creepy. It is. But I mean, because he's a rich person, they're all like tasteful art portraits, whatever, but it's still like gem on every surface of the house. And even the doorbell goes, it's truly, truly outrageous when you ring it. Yeah, yeah, um, wasn't Roxy like, that's a terrible song. (laughs) Yes, she did. (laughs) I I like how she almost said it like as if she didn't know that it was Jem. Like she she didn't actually say that Jem and the Hologram song is terrible. It's like, oh, that's just a terrible song. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, well, I guess maybe that's something you expect. If it's someone who's willing to go through all of this to figure out who she is, you'd kind of expect that, you know, maybe maybe things would be a little weird. Indeed. It, I mean, but also what I find weird is this obsession that people have with Jem's identity. Just like, first of all, how how is it that we even know that her real name isn't Jem, that that's just not who she is because you never heard of her? We haven't heard of a lot of people. Why are we assuming but Jem is some, like, why are we assuming that Jem has a secret identity? I think it's just really weird in the context of this show for everybody to assume that Jem is not her real name and, and this is not her real identity and all of this because it's the 80s. Well, somebody being like, who's that Ziggy Stardust? Speaking of the dearly departed, who's that Ziggy Stardust? We need to know his real name behind all that. Why? Yeah. I, no one cares. We've talked about this before, and again, it's it's a re- clearly a recurring theme, and it's and it's somewhat disappointing to me, at least, that they never really explain why. Like, okay, so hypothetically, let's say this guy, this Prescott Wentworth guy, figures out who she really is. Well, what then? So if he figures out that, let's just say, like, regardless of it's whether or not it's it's Jerrica Benton who who owns this record label, but let's just say it's just some average person. Like, what then? Like, does that going is that going to change your opinion about how you feel about that artist? I, I don't I, get it. I think that there's um, in this p- particular case. I love it when I try to psychoanalyze characters on a children's cartoon that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But I think that there's yeah, a... Do it. <laughs> well, that's why the listeners tune in. Right. Aline. Yeah, because I'm I'm a certified writer, um, not counselor, but whatever. Um, I think that there's, for, for, for Prescott, anyway, there's this element of intimacy. Like, 
If sure. I know her name, I'm going to know who she really is. And I kind of feel like people feel like knowing a, a real name, a, a given name or, or a legal name is knowing who somebody really is. And I think that's why anonymity and, and it, what it why being anonymous. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Why that word um, kind of bothers a lot of people, especially when we have this culture of like the cult of celebrity where like we want to know everything about everybody and we feel like we're entitled to because they're famous. Um, so I think there's a lot of like all of that kind of smushed together in this. Yeah, I, I agree. There's there's certainly some sense of intimacy with a, an artist, someone that you maybe aspire to be or someone maybe who you mutually respect. But either way, I think even though, you know, we look at uh, clearly, definitely, I would say unusual to have your walls completely covered, you know, with somebody's portrait, which seem, which seems really strange. But I guess I guess there is that sense of intimacy like you as if you know that person and maybe if you did know their their real identity maybe you would feel closer to that person in a in a very unrealistic but you know nonetheless real way. Yeah, that makes sense. Um yeah, and I do want to refute. I think it's normal for people of a certain age to have celebrities plastered on their walls um but you know once you're out of college that kind of becomes right. a little bit uncouth well but sure i mean but i think it's it's nowhere i want to make this very clear because obviously this is an audio podcast not a video podcast but like watching this scene there's a difference between you know a teenager's bedroom with maybe a couple of posters and a grown man's mansion covered wall right. to wall with it, I think it, what makes it creepier too is that it's a guy, a grown man, like you know, living alone in this big empty building with these pictures of this I mean, woman. He does, he does have Jarvis or whatever that butler's name is yeah. to talk to about his love of gem. That's I'm true. Sure. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't want a gender stereotype like that, but I well, it, it's weird. I, yeah, I mean, I think it's it unusual just, at the very the way least. it was there. It was presented as really creepy, but I think it's just really creepy in general. I mean, there's there's a fine line between I'm going to have a lot of beautiful portraiture of an artist that I like up on my wall and I have an entire mansion devoted to pictures of Jim. Yeah, not OK. Don't do that, people. Right. Well, the first thing that came to mind, I mean, I'm, you know, my my opinion changed as as I learned a little bit more about him, especially at the end of the episode. But the first thought that came to mind is that when I saw that scene was maybe this person has some kind of psychosis because just, and, and I'm, I'm saying that just because there's so many stories I've read, movies that I've seen, you know, where you do see the psychopath who's like cutting out pictures and like putting it on his wall and maybe, you know, being creepy and taking photos, you know, unknowingly, uh, you know, and, and putting them up on his wall. Like it just, it seems, it seems unusual and it, and it definitely seems creepy. Uh, and, and maybe it is totally innocent, but it's definitely at the very least unusual. At Starlight Music, a limo driver pulls up and tells Jem to get in, even though she doesn't recognize him. He, he explains that Kimber sent the limo to pick her up and drive her back to Starlight Mansion and that it's part of her birthday present, even though it's not really Jem's birthday. 
and this is clearly very questionable. Just she accepts you. the invitation as well, which is just so odd. So my my refrain this whole show has been, what are we teaching the children's? Right? <laughs> well, it seems to negate all the PSA announcements right. on previous episodes. Don't PS- get into don't cars get in with strangers. Like, right. And what does Jem do? She gets into a van with a stranger. It's it's not okay. And especially since she knows that it's unusual. She's like, why would Kimber send a limo for me? Because nobody runs around the limo in this world. They all take the rock and road store everywhere. And yeah, it's just, it's super dangerous what she does. It is super dangerous. To just get into and and it's super dangerous in real world and it's also even more dangerous in this world where there is a pizzazz. Right. And I still don't understand why she's not like, this is a little weird. I wonder if pizzazz is up to something. Like, why? Why is that not the first thing you think? Right. And then the fact that the dude like asked her all those questions. That's not okay. When is your birthday? Why do you need to know that information, stranger? He's a strange person. Well, and second of all, when did I hi- when did I hire you? Right. I have and, never seen you before. And then she's like, "This isn't the way to the mansion." He's like, "Oh, I'm taking a shortcut." And I'm like, "Why didn't you leap out of the car at that moment? Like you should have you should have rolled out of the moving car at the moment where he was like, "I'm taking a shortcut." That's right. how people die. Right. Well, my question is he's he's taking her to what she thinks is starlight mansion but i mean they never explain this but how would she not recognize that she's not in the same neighborhood like how would anyone be fooled by this this is so preposterous it she i i got nothing i i i I don't know i don't know it's ludicrous She's not an analytical thinker. We know this. The only thing I can think of is that that limo driver drugged her. Like maybe, I mean, limos serve alcohol, right? Maybe they gave her a roofie or something. And then she just Uh, slept through the whole whole drive. I think, I don't know. I, I think that Jem is, again trying to make things make sense in my head canon. I, I think that she's just a really trusting person um, that Jim slash Jarek is really trusting and really caring. Um, I think that's demonstrated in this, um, this episode, uh, but she's too famous and has too many misfits in her life to be like that anymore. Right. Just, like if she, no, yeah, <laughs> like if she, it, if she can't make good decisions, she needs to have at least one bodyguard who has common sense and analytical ability to kind of be like, hey, Jim, how about we don't get in the car with the strange man that we've never seen before? Um, or like, maybe we should yeah. call Kimber first and see if this is something she actually did. You know, someone who can help her, you know, <laughs> figure things out. And yeah. no wonder Starlight's in trouble when she has no sense. She really doesn't. She's just getting into strange people's limos and answering the strange people's questions and not noticing that the dude is not driving out to the suburbs, but is instead circling the block a bunch. Yeah. Oh, my God. Gemma arrives at Starlight Mansion. Or is it? She's greeted by the rest of the holograms and Starlight orphans who all wish her happy birthday. Gem tries to explain to everyone that it's not her birthday, but everyone completely ignores her. If this is a joke, it sure isn't funny. 
because Jem is exhausted and decides to head to her bedroom for some R&R. She questions what's really going on, but is at a loss, a complete loss, as to why everyone is acting so strange. And just as she begins to fall asleep, we cut to a Gem and the Holograms music video called Nightmare, which is very apropos of her scenario or situation that she's in. I suppose. I mean, I, I want to talk about something that happened earlier after we finished talking about this video. The only thing I can say is that um, I don't really like this song a bunch. Mm-mm. But what I find interesting is that Jim's subconscious is telling her that pizzazz is behind this. Did you notice that? No. In in this video, like all, it's it's actually really well animated with all the dream imagery, like all the stuff that happens. She's like falling through doors and falling through space, and at one point she's like inside of a glass like she's trapped in glass and she sees one of the holograms Shayna on the other side of the glass but Shayna's like all sort of purple veiled but then Kimber walks up to Shayna and Kimber's like normal colored and they walk away together like there's a lot of actually cool stuff going on with the dream imagery in um, this but like pizzazz keeps showing up she's like a big sort of fading thing in the background she's sort of looming over Jim pizzazz shows up a lot in this video and you know with her being like why are my friends being weird and i was like your subconscious is telling you that pizzazz is behind this but she doesn't listen to her subconscious to the whole thing and so the moral Mm -hmm. of the story is always listen to your inner thoughts to your dreams listen to that dream voice dream voice is telling you it's pizzazz Oh, and the but the one thing I want to mention is, you know, right before she's like, I'm going to go take a nap. When she says to Kimber, you should know, I was like, my sister should know when my birthday is. And Kimber says to her, well, tell me who your sister is. Why didn't she turn around and run out the house right at that moment? Right. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. There are so many things that happen where I'm like, Jim, leave the house. Like, there's, they're not here for you. What is happening? And she's just like, they're pod people. so weird. They're pod right. people. <laughs> You're acting so weird. I still know what to do. I think I'll go into the next room. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Run far away, Jem. But Jem, uh, Jem wakes up because Rio is concerned about the screaming that he heard while she was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now we all know this can't be the real Rio. He would never care. Oh, ouch. <laughs> but oddly enough, the fake Rio is pretty douchey. He's pretty douchey. He, he's, he's in, yeah, he's uh, definitely in character. That's for sure. Everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows how Rio is. <laughs> Rio asks her if she wants to talk about her dream, and Jem almost tells him it was about Jerrica. Jem explains to Rio how her friends have been acting strange and that they threw a surprise party even though it wasn't her birthday. Rio tries to console Jem, saying, If only your friends knew her real identity like he does. Jem is shocked by Rio's words as she has never told him the truth. When did Rio find out? Who told him? Before Rio can answer, the Starlight Girls tell Jem to come downstairs for a birthday present from video. Video seats Jem down in front of the TV, and they begin wait. watching a documentary about no, no, Jem's no, wait. life. No, no, no. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's let's talk okay. about this this moment here where Jem is like, "You know who I am, really?" And Rio's like, "Yeah." And then the girls are like, "Jem, come get some stuff." And why didn't Jem be like, "No, no, no, no. I need to have a serious discussion with my boyfriend here because he right. just said he knows my secret identity." This is a conversation she's been waiting to have with him since for how long? 
Is she just going to run off because some Starlight Girl showed up? Mm-mm. She slammed the door in Starlight Girl's face when Rio was last having a serious conversation with her. You remember this? <laughs> she slammed the door in Deidre's face and was like, get out. I am doing stuff. I do not believe that she did not snatch those little girls up and be like, get out! <laughs> I gotta have a conversation with Rio about how he knows my identity. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and my question is, if what Kimber said when she first got there wasn't strange enough, then this exchange between her and Rio, the supposed real Rio, or at least that's who she thinks it is, it goes so strangely, then nothing is adding up. And you would think that her intuition would be telling her, I need to get out. She doesn't have intuition. Something though. is very really wrong here. She well, clearly doesn't. Yeah, that, run up out that house. That's what this whole show is about. <laughs> this, this, this is the Jerica slash Jim has no intuition show. Indeed. Not the episode, the whole show. Well, Jim starts yeah. watching this documentary and the events being shown in the video aren't accurate at all. Jim, that was super weird. It was very, very <laughs> I was, odd. I was sitting there watching. I'm like, what did they do to that little girl? What What is happening to that little kid? How did How did they get this footage? Yeah. Like, oh, well, she doesn't oh. even. She's not even able to sit through the whole thing. She stops the movie right when the question is posed: Who is she really, folks? Well, you also notice that as soon as her quote mom walked on the screen she really lost like, it she looks like, like what is me happening? <laughs> it looks like me of course it looks like you it's your mom no oh my god but it's just a brief pause we're going to talk about this more in depth at a later episode but <laughs> how much do i love that baby gem has pink hair yes <laughs> the baby the three-year-old she's born with that pink hair she came out the womb pink-haired just like her mama it's an inherited well that's trait. the assumption you would have to make when you don't really know who she is. It's it's not like is red it hair. Really? It's super, super rare. Pink hair, common. Mm. Well, in this whacked out world, pink hair is like a real hair color, apparently. No, that's true. I mean, like I said, we'll probably get into this more when we get to the episode about... Um, the, oh, it's you know, strawberry blonde. About, please. <laughs> um, when we get to the episode about uh, Jerrica and Kimber's mom, because, like, that that oh my god just the hair color you're just like what are you doing they're they're 10 why are they okay oh god yeah well ugh, things are just not going well for her she feels like she's losing her mind she actually says this out loud which upsets video Jem tries to tell the rest of the holograms that it's not really her in the documentary so they ask her who she really is Come on, guys. So, Come on. Jem uh, C. <laughs> I mean, here's my thing. Because uh, we, we, the audience, are about to find out that, you know, pizzazz is behind it all, blah, blah. But what direction did they give these women? I mean, why did they give no these women the direction apparently. to say, like, to press her about who she is? Like, why would the misfits assume that the holograms wouldn't know this information? Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. So yeah. I couldn't figure out if like they that the misfits were being stupid for thinking that or if what they were really trying to do was gaslight Jem so hard that she would like reveal it just because she was so messed up in the head. Like, I can't I, tell I think that's what they were hoping be. for. Yeah, but it wasn't the best strategy. 
something about like just keep yeah just keep pushing her and she's gonna yeah well i mean it almost seems like it's going to work here because gem seems like she's about to reveal her real identity we see the misfits and prescott wentworth watching from a surveillance camera eagerly anticipating gem to reveal the truth at this point, Jim finally realizes something truly bizarre is going on, which is about time. Why would the holograms ask what her real identity is? Mm-hmm. Her bandmates are her closest friends, and they already know the truth. Has the misfits ruse been revealed? It seems that the actors they hired to impersonate the holograms have not done a very convincing enough job. And we cut to a misfits music video... Who is she anyway? Now, this, this is a repeat is a... song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I'm, it's not well, a I good mean, one either. Yeah, it's not a great one. I mean, it works here. It does. But I'm just like, meh. I'm, I mean, it's there and it works here and it's all right. What I love more about the scene that precedes this is when they're like yelling at the actresses, you know, saying, you need to do better. You need to do whatever. And, you know, it just seems that there are a whole lot of women out there who look just like Kimber and <laughs> Aja and Shane. Well, they're, they're wearing masks. No, so, only Rhea is well, that we saw, wearing a mask. That we saw. I mean. Well, I guess that's true. But she's the only one who takes her face off. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, oh, Which was it? By the way, <laughs> I, we're jumping yeah. ahead a bit here, but that... Uh, that scene where Rhea takes the mask off and she basically looks exactly the same. Did did either of you notice that? <laughs> it's like, what is going on here? Yep. It's, it, it's like an episode of the Twilight Zone. It's creepy. It is. It is. I mean, it's just, it's funny because they're like trying to be like, oh, look how far they went for the fake. It's like, what? What is the... Yeah. My, <laughs> you know, my question, we never, t- we didn't talk about this earlier, but... Who the hell are those kids that look exactly like the Starlight Orphans? <laughs> right? They what? They have them and they're yelling at them. Are the actors too? Child actors participated in this? Really? Uh, yes. I hope that they did not hire union people. I hope that they did not go to the Screen Actors Guild and be like, we need small children. We could put some rubber faces on them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the other thing I noticed, yeah, which ahead. was also hilarious, is you know they have the fake holograms talking in you know strange ways, but it's the the fake Shayna is still played by Shayna's voice actress, just doing a more street ver- voice. It, yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> it's kind of bad. It's amazing. Bazaz decides to give the actors one last chance to suss out Jem's identity, or else they won't be paid. Aja, Kimber, Shayna, and Rhea are about to begin a rehearsal, but Jem is missing and they have no idea where she is. Aja asks Kimber where Jem is, but she was supposed to pick her up at Starlight Music. Kimber explains she did show up, but Jem was nowhere to be found. The holograms are nervous as they need to practice for the concert the following night, so they decide to contact Synergy for help. Finally, someone does something sensible. Yes. At fake Starlight Mansion, Jem decides to begin rehearsing for the concert, but her bandmates look confused and don't seem to know the songs as Jem begins singing the first few bars of the the song. Jem notices that Aja has her guitar on backwards. So what's Aja's excuse? She apologizes for not paying attention. Really, oh, guys? My God. 
You oh still have not figured this out, Jim? I, that Not only that, but this would have to have come up. You know, they're they're in a band. They got a concert tomorrow, which you probably know about. Did nobody think, oh, maybe we should at least teach the actresses how to hold their instruments? I don't know. No. I don't know. This it's, seems in character, too. <laughs> maybe so. I, I do want to point out, though, that right before this scene, like right after the scene, we fade away from the holograms being like, let's go ask Synergy. And then we fade into this. There's a shot of the fake mansion. <laughs> And this is the first time I've ever noticed this before in my many rewatchings of this because like, I just happened to pause it while I was doing the gem rewatch. And the fake mansion is is on a small plot. With, it looks like a downtown next to a used car dealership. And Jem was confused <laughs> about this. <laughs> and just on a city street. Wow, <laughs> why, why like, Starlight Mansion suddenly <laughs> next to a car lot? Right, it's like, what? this is in no way any anything that looks like the environment of the actual mansion because like the actual mansion as we have seen is like on a big green field it's got lots of space the nearest neighbor the countess du Voisson, is like half a mile down the road like the mansion is not on a city block even though the city bus stops there to let him off but still and how did jem not notice this? how did they build a, an exact replica of the mansion did they where did they get the blueprints and where did they find the time and how much freaking money did this cost? Like this is dude does all have to... a lot of money. He I mean, does. okay, fine. He does have a lot of money. That's true. But the time required to build a mansion. I mean, ugh, there's so much wrong with this. Anyways, mm-hmm. let's move on. On the second take, as Jem begins to sing, a loud cacophonous sound is heard as the imposters are unable to play their instruments. You would think they would have hired some actors that actually knew how to play their respective instruments and were familiar with the songs, or at the very least, rig things so that a backing track is played (laughs) through the PA so they can fake their way through the rehearsal. But no, these people are utterly unprepared for this. As they are for all of their schemes. (laughs) Well, the misfits are blaming the actors, but it's like, well, it would have been their job to, like Tempest was saying earlier, to give them directions. So, I mean, of course, we never know because we never get to see that. But it just seems kind of negligent on the misfits part to just hire these actors and say, okay, just figure out a way to get her to like, no. Come on. I mean, and to not anticipate that they would need to be able to play instruments. I mean, come on. I mean, this is Eric Raymond level incompetence. I just have to say it is. And he's nowhere to be found here. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I actually take it back because I've I've said on previous episodes that the misfits would be better off without them. But clearly they have not proven themselves. They're just as capable of, of hashing together these harebrained schemes that don't work. And spending everybody's money while doing it. Spending everybody's money while they're doing it. The misfits are watching as the scene unfolds, but just as the imposters are about to be uncovered, when Jen, when Jem asks Kimber to play a chord, she faints. Jem rushes over to Kimber oh to make God. sure she's okay, but when she comes to, she doesn't recognize her own sister and asks her, who are you? Mm. Uh, 
I mean, that was, was rather convenient. Of, it was convenient and like sort of smart, but also just what do you what's happening? I just I can't. <laughs> the misfits think this is it. This is the moment where Jem's identity will be revealed. Prescott voices his concerns over Jem's well-being, and the misfits promise not to upset her. Before Jem can say who she really is, an actor hired to play Jerrica makes a sudden appearance. Unfortunately for the misfits, this is terrible timing because the actor is not only two hours late, but has shown up at the wrong moment. Things are not going so well for them. If only they knew. If only they knew. Indeed. What's interesting is like, I don't even know, even if the actress had shown up on time, if they would have gotten what they wanted, but... This this is almost the thing that would have... Well, actually, it kind of did. We'll see in a moment. But, like, this is the kind of thing that would have made Jem be like, what? And then actually dissociate completely and then reveal her true self. They exactly. Just, the Misfits don't know how important this is. I no. find that kind of hilarious. It is. It is uh, rather hilarious. Prescott tries to call off the ruse, but the Misfits threaten him and decide to follow it through until the end. So we cut to the real Starlight Mansion where we see Kimber and the rest of the holograms asking Synergy where Jem has been. Synergy says Jem is in an exact replica of Starlight Mansion, and she begins to project a a few video shots of the fake mansion, including interior shots. I don't know how. Somehow Synergy has tapped into the internal security cameras. I guess she's... I'll go with that. She's Obviously, clearly that advanced that she can do that. However, however, how would Synergy know where Jem really is? This is not explained to the audience at all. This is another time where I'm like, Synergy, you useless, useless piece of crap. This is just like that time when they were in China, which we all love to forget because it was terrible. But Synergy, I mean, even though she's like, well, she's being watched. And I'm like, no, Synergy, you could whisper. Right. You could whisper right in her ear and be like, Jem, get the get up out of there. They are not real. This is not real. Get out. So she could have done that and she didn't do it because she's the most useless AI ever. But also, is the only way that she has of communicating through those earrings, like I feel like they should have set up, I don't know, little hologram stations around the house so that Synergy could pop up in like Kimber's room and be like, Kimber, there's someone in the house. Or Kimber, Jem's been kidnapped. By a limo driver <laughs> I, or something. I don't know right. why it didn't occur. Her. Right. I, I don't know why this didn't occur to me earlier, but of course Synergy would have known where Jem really is because the earrings are not only holographic projectors, but obviously Synergy is able to see what Jem mm-hmm. sees through the micro projectors in the earrings. So that actually makes sense. That does make more sense, but it still it but still they, makes but no they sense w- that she didn't contact her. Well, exactly the the fact that the rest of her bandmates had to actually show up and ask Synergy, like why wouldn't Synergy just contact the rest of the holograms and say, "Uh, so, this is clearly something's not right here." Jem is getting fed up after pleading for an explanation as to what's really going on, whilst still. Confused, she is coming to the realization that something is very wrong and that these people aren't who they say they are. Since no one complies, Jem (laughs) decides to get down to the bottom of the situation herself. Yeah, indeed, really. I mean, (laughs) we're this far into the episode and now you're... Oh, God. Here's my other question. 
Jerrica has walked in and Jem says to her, who are you? She's like, well, I'm Jerrica. And then she says, well, who am I? Why don't the misfits know, know the answer to what they're mm-hmm. seeking at this point? She just said it. She just freaked out when Jerrica walked in the room and asked her who she was, even though it was clear who she was. Is nobody paying attention to the control room? Are they taking a tea break? What is <laughs> a good observation? On? I didn't actually notice that. I mean, they're they're actually, you know, right there. They got what they wanted, really. And and what's interesting is I feel like the script writer or writers, no, the script writer was really trying to write it in such a way that it was kind of oblique because she couldn't actually reveal whatever. But there's really no way to write that scene in which you don't just get a little bit suspicious, you know, that of what's going on between Jem and Jerrica. And if you're looking for it, as the misfits are, you should have already known the answer by that point. But they're not. They need they need the not not an inference, however blatant the inferences. They need a my name is Jerrica. I go by Jem when I'm on the stage because otherwise I have stage fright. And I can't do things. So I pretend to be Jem, but I'm really Jerrica. And they need it repeated a couple of times. Because <laughs> otherwise it just... It all falls apart. Right. They're too busy listening to their own music. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the Misfits are at odds with Prescott Wentworth, who not only no longer cares who Jem really is, but clearly wants to call off the scam. The misfits are not quite ready to do so until Jem's identity is revealed. They end up locking Prescott in a closet. Stormer voices her concerns if he'll be okay locked away like that. Pizzazz tries to quell Stormer's concerns and says that they'll let him out after they have the information they want. And I like that they actually kind of kept Stormer's personality in check with who she actually is, that she's not like the rest of the misfits, that she does have a soft side. She's not, she's not as evil or conniving (laughs) or (laughs) as the rest of them. She's the sweet one. Exactly. She's the sweet one. Elsewhere, the real Aja, Kimber, Shayna, and Rhea head off in the Rockin' Roadster to rescue Jem now that they know where she is. At fake Starlight Mansion, Jem calls upon Synergy for help, but after trying to walk through what normally would be a holographic wall, she is rendered unconscious after colliding with it. Arguably the most funny moment in this episode. That was pretty funny. I did laugh out loud for Just, a bit pfft, three minutes. Uh, completely out cold. Here's the thing. Why did she think that Synergy would be in there? Why, like, she she says, you're all fakes and liars. So she knows that everybody in the house is fake. Why does she think she's still in her house? She's oblivious. She is so dumb. I she's just, not I very can't smart. can't get over it. At least not in this episode. And you know what? I, I kind of get it. Because it is, it is a bit much. Especially, e- even with all this, it is a bit much to be like, what's really going on here is that somebody has hired actresses and painted them up or plastic surgery them to look exactly like my friends and family and myself. And so therefore they also have made an exact replica of my mansion. And I should get out. I feel, I understand that that is, that's a lot of heaviness to like sort of process, but 
we live in a she lives in a world in which pizzazz exists. I feel like she should have just been like, I got to get out right now. Because, you know, even if she had walked out the front door, she would have been like, wait a minute, that's a used car lot over there. Would she? (laughs) Oh, my God. Maybe not. Waking up in the hospital, surrounded by what Jim thinks are her true bandmates, they explained she was knocked unconscious and that the actors posing as the holograms had tried fooling her with a replica of Starlight Mansion. Jem grabs her earrings and says she's been Jem for far too long. The camera pulls back and we see the misfits watching these events. What a twist. Jem nearly transforms back into Jerrica, but the real holograms show up. Both groups accuse each other of being fakes, but Imposter Kimber's wig is pulled off by the real Kimber. And Kimber the, snatched that yeah, wig. Yeah, she snatched did. it like a pro. Yeah, and they uh, the actors make their escape pretty quickly here. I actually thought, now it's kind of a shame that it happens at the very end of this episode, but what they did there was actually clever to try to convince her. Because by... You know, basically telling the truth, even though she, you know, they were clearly the actors. That I thought was kind of a convincing way to get to to sort of mess her with her head and get her to say who she actually is. Mm-hmm. Good and thing she walked worked. into that wall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And it almost worked. And actually, I actually wondered if um, Kimber and the other real holograms hadn't bust up in the room and say stop. If Synergy would have listened to her when she said show's over, Synergy. Because Synergy knew what was up. So would Synergy have just been like, not doing it? I wondered that too. I don't know. Because I don't know. I'm, we never really see a scene where Aja is like, let me program these words into... Because like she just starts saying, you know, Showtime Synergy or so, show's over, Synergy. I wonder if it's like hard-coded into her or it's just a thing that she says. She's like, I'm just going to say this and this is what you do. But if Synergy was smart enough to be like, I'm not doing it while you're in the middle of these people. It seems like she's she's smart enough, right? Like she's really situationally aware. Yes, that's what I thought too. But yeah, I don't know. If it's like a brainwash, you know, like people can be brainwashed. So maybe, maybe it's kind of like that where she doesn't have much control over it. Conditioned. Yeah. yeah. Roxy suggests that they leave, but Pizzazz tells her that the holograms don't know they're being watched, so they should stick around just in case Jem decides to divulge her secret. Regrettably for the misfits, their surveillance is ruined when Aja uncovers the camera and sprays the lens with hairspray, which I'm pretty sure that was hairspray, but and I don't know how that would possibly cover uh, I wrote down hairspray because I had no idea what else it could possibly be. Can't be spray paint because who carries can of spray paint in their purse? Aja, Aja does. Aja brought that. <gasps> oh, purse. maybe it's blue hair, like hair paint. <laughs> <laughs> no, Aja's blue hair grows out of her head, just like everything else. But no, no, no. You no, you notice Aja's the only one with a purse in that scene, and I don't know why I noticed that, but I did. Aja rolls in there with a purse with a can of spray paint in it for this occasion. I Very bet she convenient. carries that purse with that can of spray paint all the time, too. I bet she Maybe. does. Do you think she secretly goes out at night and does graffiti? Because she has a yes. bad side. Yes. Sounds like something in your head, Canon. 
Jem and the holograms make their way out of fake Starlight Mansion, but not before they hear the muffled screams of someone. They head back in and find Prescott Wentworth locked away in a closet, long forgotten by the misfits. Poor Prescott. Jem asks for an explanation, and Prescott has one, but it's a long story, and he's very embarrassed to be part of it. So, and then we just kind of, they kind of just breeze through the explanation. To make up for the hardship he forced Jem through, Prescott offers to sponsor her concert as a way of giving back for once in his life. And we wrap with a shot of the Gem and the Holograms concert and, of course, the final music video in this episode, which is I Believe in Happy Endings. And I don't know about you two, but I sure do love happy endings. Could have used a new song. This, yeah, this, this is again a repeat. Had, yeah. It's very disappointing. Yeah. It was, because like, I do like this song. It's a beautiful song and everything, but yeah, it's a repeat song. I'm like, that is the second repeat this time. And then Nightmare wasn't that great a song anyway. No. No, this whole episode in this episode. It's full of mediocre songs. It's a mediocre episode. Yeah, unfortunately, it is. Ugh, creepy guys. But also, and I'm sorry, but can Jim once just punch dudes who are creepy? She's not a violent person. She's not, but she needs to be. Yeah, you think so? The second dude who's been like, I'm sorry that I put you in danger, actual danger. I'm sorry that I threw paint on you and put you on a garbage scowl. And created a whole fake mansion to try to gaslight you. Sorry. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't know what else to say about this episode other than I didn't really like it, and I thought it was really ludicrous. Yeah, it was. It was bad. This was the, the wor- worst episode in a while. Yeah. The only thing I like about the episode is the tape of Jem as a baby, and she's got pink hair. <laughs> it's amazing. It was pretty like, what? Well, let's hope next week's episode, Father's Day, is better than this one. It is written by Roger Slipper, who unfortunately passed away last year. Oh, that's sad. Father's Day is an amazing, amazing episode. And it contains one of my favorite songs that is uh, directly written by Kimber about um, fathers in love. So, yeah, it's a pretty great episode, I think. Indeed. Yep. Well, <laughs> you can re- reject it. We're yeah, also it was, it was yeah. bad. Oh, You've been listening to the Gemcast. You can uh, get in touch with your hosts here. Uh, Aline Sims is available on Twitter at Aline. That's A L E E N. She podcasts. Uh, I don't know if it's is it weekly on Less Than or Equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she podcasts weekly on Less Than or Equal, which is on Relay.fm forward slash L-T-O-E. And I highly recommend subscribing and listening to her shows. They are great. And uh, you also blog occasionally on AleneMean.com. Once every three to six months. Right. Yeah, yeah. My, my blogging is getting less and less frequent these days as well. And K Tempest Bradford, all of your links to show, social media are available on ktempestbradford.com. So everybody go there, subscribe to her YouTube channel, subscribe to her Twitter account at Tiny Tempest, and read all, all of her awesome stuff. What else? Is there anything else you want to plug that's new this week? Well, you know, pretty soon there's going to be stuff at www.therightgear.com. 
And that's right, spelled W-R-I-T-E. It's a new podcast. It's going to be great. I'm going to talk about technology and fountain pens and stuff. Yes, indeed. And we're going to be hosting it here at Hologram Radio, another awesome show for people to subscribe to. And uh, I'm really looking forward to... I'm actually kind of happy that the, the next podcast that we have here is going to be uh, with a lovely, lovely lady. Because there are not that many technology shows with women on it. So it's kind of nice to have that for a change. Hooray. Indeed. And uh, you can find my writing at zerodistraction.com. I am Zero Distraction on Twitter. And for the Gemcast, you can find us on Twitter at Gempodcast and also on Facebook at Gempodcast as well. And if you'd like to show your support for the show, we would sincerely appreciate it. There are several ways you can do that. Uh, please go to hologramradio.org forward slash sponsors and click on one of those Amazon affiliate Links that we've got there, we've got some for Amazon UK, USA, and Canada. And there's absolutely no additional work needed on your part, except that when you buy something off of Amazon, which many of us do these days, because let's face it, retail stores are kind of a bag of hurt these days. When you buy something, we get a small portion of the the sale, which helps us out and uh, helps us keep this show free. And uh, you can also donate something by going to our donate page as well. Uh, We have a few different donation tiers that you can select. You can give any amount that you like, whether it's a buck or two, whatever you feel comfortable with. And also another great way to support us is by subscribing in iTunes and also leaving us a rating. If you love the show or if you hate it, if there's something that's bugging you, leave us a rating. Tell us about it. You can also reach us by email at gem cast let me do that again you can reach us by email and the email address is gemcast at hologramradio.org and all three of us will get that email so that's it for this week show's over synergy